This is Andy Perrault for Boxing Social in association with Betfred and I'm delighted to be joined by Joe Gallagher here at Gallagher's Gym in Bolton. Joe, first and foremost, how are you doing? Yeah, good mate. Like you say, uh, hot, sweating, tough session today. So um, yeah, no, we're all uh, in a good place up here. Obviously it was a tough session today for a few of the different uh, guys uh, who are all preparing for different reasons. But let's obviously start with the one who has a fight announcement, Tasha Jonas. She's getting ready to face Terry Harper next Friday night. Just talk me through her camp, Joe. How, how impressed have you been? No, I, I know lockdown sometimes it was, um, it was hard for a lot of people, but I think it was the best thing for Natasha. She was due to have had the fight, but she's come back into camp. Come next Friday, she'll have had 10 weeks in camp. Training's gone very well. Um, we did some work early on um, and then we brought in the right sparring partners and uh, yeah, as you've seen today, two different sparring partners and um, but it's hard to go on how well a camp is, it, all that matters is the result on the night but I know if Natasha Jones performs in the way that she has done um, in camp and carries that into the ring fight night, she wins that bell and rips them away in good style. How do you actually expect the fight to play out? You know, how have you prepared Tasha to kind of deal with Terry's style and what do you expect Terry to bring into the fight? Well, listen, Terry, there's a couple of things with Terry. When we've sat down and watched and studied her, when you do clip her, she goes for a walk. She's not keen up close. Um, bit of a dirty fighter up close. Hits the back of the head of the opponent. I don't know how many times. I think I'm going to be onto the referee about that. Um, but I think she'll box and move and box and move and jab and move. Come in in spurts throw her shots and get off again and run. Um, and then I think she most probably wants to try and come and stand and trade late on. But I do think she's going to try and uh, box and, and nick rounds. Uh, I think that that's, uh, that that's what they're going to do. I know Tasha's been waiting for ages for this type of opportunity, her first world title but, uh, about What do you think, in your own opinion, it would mean to her to be victorious next Friday night? Listen, for the age of 36 and uh, the work ethic that she's put into this camp, her determination, her focus, left no stone unturned. She's just been embarrassing some of the fighters in the stable, but she's locked on. And a lot of people are going on, I lost her, Vivian Obinoff. And um, boxing don't work that way. You lose to this one, that one beat that one, so that one should beat that one. It doesn't work like that. I've been in the game long enough and um, it'd be a huge achievement. And... Um, like I said, Sasha, there's no pressure on us. Bucky's have got us a big underdog. We're just quietly away, going away, doing our work. All the pressure's on Terry. She's doing the Sky promos of all the elite women athletes. She's tipped as the next Katie Taylor, big star opponent. She's 23. She'll, she should be a 36 over the hill girl. That's how they see. So we'll see who's over the hill uh, come next Friday. But... Uh, It'd be a fantastic thing for Tasha, not only for Tasha, but for, for, for women's sport because Natasha um, and people are beginning to lose sight of that. They're, they're, they're not showing respect for Natasha Jonas, which I'm getting annoyed about. Natasha, like Jane Couch, was there on the front line for women's boxing. Um, boxing, first British woman to qualify for the Olympics, first one to represent Britain at the Olympics, medalled at Worlds, medalled at Europeans, everything she's done as an amateur, like Jane Couch, Katie Taylor, had that great 2012 Olympic fight with Katie Taylor. People are, are talking Natasha down. There needs to be a, a little bit more respect um, shown towards Natasha Jonas. She's paid her dues in the sport, and um, if there's a God out there, she'll be rewarded handsomely uh, next Friday. But uh, 
people have got to remember like what she's done for the sport and for female boxing. Boxing behind closed doors as well. We've seen you know matchrooms fight camp being erected and Eggins and Cheeseman will give us our first taste of what to expect for the, the coming shows as well. But how have you actually, have you at all in fact tried to emulate or kind of get a feel for what Tasha should expect next Friday night by trying to copy that type of atmosphere at all? Um, no, not really, Natasha. Like Terry Harper, I don't think neither of them would be all that bothered. They, they were amateurs, they were on the uh, boxing circuit. Natasha's used to going around the world for Team GB, trying to qualify in events in empty sports halls. So, no, not really. And I think Terry maybe might affect Terry more because she's got used to having big crowds behind her for a big title wins or IBO and WBC. Um, but for Natasha, no, I don't think we've replicated it. It's just what's got to be on the night. I think that the main thing is... Um, it being outdoors, like both girls are kept warm uh, beforehand and um, weather conditions, like I said, we don't want it to be raining and wind-blown rain across the ring. So, uh, no, we haven't prepared anything different there. We, the girls are well-experienced enough, well, Natasha is, and uh, whatever come May on, on Friday should be prepared for. What What's kind of your plans with regards to next week, Finjo? When do you expect to be travelling down and how do you think, obviously, yourself and Natasha will cope with the bubble uh, of matchroom's fight camp? Um, yeah, me and Tasha got to sit down and have a think about that. I, I do think um, the matchroom bubble for a week there and that, I think that's a way bit too much now. Um, uh, when you look at Premiership footballers go down the night before, get tested, play the next day. Um, I see Hennessy Sports, you only have to turn up on the Thursday if we fight Saturday. I think the same with Frank. And you see the government relaxing all the time. They've brought masks in now. And I just think we're all adults, we're not silly. Um, me and Natasha, we have our own bubble up here. Um, Natasha's a carer for her mum, I'm a carer for mine. Um, and I think some of them days, I think we'll be better off, safer up here than being down there. Um, as long as we're there on the night for the fight, I think that's all that matters. But uh, we've got to sit down and talk about it at the end of the week. Obviously, Natasha's a mum, she's got a child off school. Um, we've got to see what, what's what's best for Natasha Jonas. But at the end of the day, we'll be there for the win and we'll be there for the fight and they're the things that matter. Obviously, just to move away from Tasha as well, we saw Marcus Morrison here today. He hasn't got anything yet, but he has said to me previously, he said to me today, he'd love to fight Brian Rose. He wanted one of Cash and Wellborn, but they, was, obviously they are scheduled to face each other. Is that possible? Do you think we could see Marcus versus Brian Rose? I think so. I think it's a good fight. Um, I think Brian Rose has the appetite for it. Um, and I do think it's a good fight. It's a good fight up here in the north. Um, whether Eddie Hearn wants to put it on or Frank Warren or Mick Hennessy. Well, that, that's a good fight. That for uh, I wouldn't say it's a top of the bill fight, but it's a good chief support, entertaining fight. And uh, yeah, I think it's one that hopefully we'll see made um, sooner rather than later. Just touching on some of the other guys in the gym as well, Joe. Um, start off with Hosea Burton. Obviously, I didn't see Hosea today. MTK starting to, to bring their shows back as well. Though. What's the latest, if anything, do you have with regards to the, the Golden Contract Tournament? Uh, no, I, mean, I spoke to Jose yesterday. Jose has been in the gym um, the last four or five weeks sparring uh, Chad Sugden for his fight uh, pitters. And he was in yesterday and he just said to me, oh, that uh, it might happen the end of September. So, oh, he's in the gym, he's sparring. Um, He's got so much on at home at the moment, that's why he wasn't in today, but it'll be in tomorrow. Um, yeah, but hopefully he'll be ready. So hopefully whenever back end of September, Jose is being told. Anyway, we're looking at something, so we'll be prepared for that. I just hope it doesn't clash on a Cam Smith-Canelo delayed fight if that ever happens. 
We will come on to Callum very shortly, Joe, because I know it's something that everybody's going to be keen for me to ask about. But just to kind of stick with the rest of the team, uh, Paul Butler, I didn't see Paul today. What's the latest with him? I know you mentioned uh, Prince Patel last time. Anything going on? Um, no, listen, Paul, Paul's in the gym, in and out of the gym. He's just in, ticking over. Um, but like you say, we were we mentioned the Prince Patel. Um, there's there's an appetite for it from what we've seen on social media and that. But like I say, we've just got to wait with this lockdown and opponents. There's not that many in this country that can fight. And I just thought Patel was a, a good fight for Paul Butler to tick boxes and... Um, yeah, like I say, we're all trying to move forward, but one hand tied behind our back at the moment, aren't we? And uh, I'm hearing now Matchroom might do a show in September, um, a bit of a test live event with a bit of a crowd there. So if that goes well and Frank Warren and Mick Hennessy start getting crowds in, then maybe we can start looking then at putting Paul out in October time. Callum Johnson as well, another man who I never saw today. I know that last time I came up, he was he was kind of waiting for hotels to open back up so he could come up and get into camp. Any news or an update on Callum and where kind of he's coming months or the rest of his career will kind of play out now? Uh, listen, Callum Johnson's been in training since January the 1st. He was due to fought for the European title in March, then put back to April Newcastle, then put to Dylan White May, then there's a lockdown, then was approached fighting in the garden, but would he take a pay, pay cut? And Callum said no, so Callum's in the gym, he's training like a lunatic. You can all follow him on social media. And so it is, but he'll be back up here very soon, um, training, um, because hopefully he'll uh, be part of uh, Callum Smith's team if we get this fight with uh, Canelo. We'll come on to Callum now, because obviously he's been mentioned a couple of times there. Um, from what I've seen, from what I've kind of been told, he seems to be the front-runner, Callum, to get the Canelo fight. It's just a matter of you know, very small margins with regards to finances, uh, in around a million pounds difference for what Callum would like as a purse. Can you just update us on the entire situation, Joe? Where does everything lie between Canelo and Cam Smith? I think you find out more when you log on to Twitter in the morning when you wake up. Um, from the reports, when you look at ESPN in Mexico and their press, there's something like there's a, there's a, there's a million dollars difference somewhere on the lines. And then you see Canelo having issues with the zone lawyers or uh, having issues with Oscar De La Hoya. We don't know what's going on back there. All we know is Cam Smith's put his name in the frame. He's taking less money, um, and uh, we want that fight. Um, I know whether Reynoso in an interview was turned around and says we want to fight Callum Smith. That's the kid we've picked. I've been told the zone want Callum Smith. There's no going back. That's the kid they want to make. So, however they come around to give Callum the money, whether it does be between Golden Boy, the zone, Eddie Hearn, Matchroom. That's the figures. They've just got to get the figures out and the fight will be made. I think the likelihood of being September the 12th now, going up against a, a Roy Jones, Mike Tyson, I think would be very hard. I think, I don't care whether you're a boxing fan or a casual, but the, I won't say freak show, but the the, 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 the event, people will tune in and will pay to watch that. It's, it's the not knowing, the wondering, and um, that's a, very hard to go up against that. I don't care whether you are Canelo or not. And if they do, it's, it's a big gamble. Um, but if they're wanting to launch the zone in the UK, um, to get the subscribers, I think they may have to look at moving a day. I don't know. I'm only speculating, like I say, I say to Callum every day, he says there's no update, not heard anything. And um, like you say, we get sometimes journalists from America phoning or you get a text saying, congratulations, I've heard you got the Canelo fight. I come into the gym to Callum, say, hey, Callum, have we got it? Not heard anything. So it's like, it's like the other week, someone says, oh, Callum was injured. 
I'm like, where, where, where's that come from? But there's people in America also as well putting rumours out there to stop Callum getting the fight. So, uh, like I say, it's up to Eddie Hearn, the zone, Eddie, Golden Boy, whoever, to to get that purse, get that fight and, and let's go. Like I say, it'll be a great fight and I think boxing needs a super fight. We're hearing reports now that the Lomachenko fight is done for October the 3rd. Hopefully Tyson and Joshua, uh, their respective fights by the end of the year. So the big fight's beginning to come now and... Uh, I think Canelo will be fuming if he doesn't get another Cinco de Mayo in. But uh, if he wants to be September the 12th, Cam Smith will be ready for it. They've not got to catch us, as you've seen today. Did 10 hard rounds today and uh, he's in the gym and uh, he did a, a check weigh today. And uh, we're all ready to go, but we're not going to get caught with our pants down, as I say. Do you know if there have been talks, though? Do you know if, like, how or if there's been any negotiations? And if there has been, how have they have gone? No, from what I believe, that there has been negotiations. What Callum has said, um, it's out there that there's a figure that there's five on the table out there, um, and that was even reported in the British press. And I was saying to Callum, is that true? Because every all journalists seem to know in your business before we do. So, um, like I said, there's negotiations. There must be if Eddie Reynoso was saying they want it, and the zone was saying they want it. So there's negotiations. Um, last week, Willie Munro Jr. became a, a, a front runner, and John Ryder was the week before, or Lemieux, or whoever else is out there. So, listen, you, you've just got to play the game, play the sweepstakes. But uh, we're training, and we've got to be ready. And I know Can Canelo's ready, so it's up to the people in the higher positions to come up with the finance to, to pay the fight. We're not after silly money, or Callum isn't what your Kovalev's and your Jacobs were. Do you know what I mean? So. Uh, I'm only talking about stuff that's already out there, really. Like I said, so you wake up in the morning and you find out on Twitter more than you do yourself. What's the cut-off point for yourself um, with regards to kind of training Callum for a fight with Canelo? Do you have a date in mind when you want to say, right, if he's not here, boy, then if he's not signed, we need to focus on another opponent. I spoke to Callum earlier and Callum said he imagines it's getting close to that point. Is there a date in mind that you have at all? Well, I think there's a point for him being mentally switched on for Canelo. Um, you're talking September the 12th, six weeks. But then if that doesn't happen, I expect Callum to be out last weekend in September, first weekend in October. I need Callum Smith to be out. So he's six to nine weeks away. It's just having that mindset, right, it is Canelo. We know what we're doing. No, it's not Canelo. It's whoever, do you understand? So that's it. I think that, that that's where that cut-off point comes. But we are training to fight within six to nine week period. Uh, Callum mentioned earlier, you know, Billy Joe, that's still a name which is creeping up. Do you think it's possible that we might, we should or we may see, or not should, but we could see uh, Billy Joe versus Callum Smith if Canelo doesn't take place? It's always a possibility. It's always a possibility. I see Billy Joe linked to Andrade as well. Um, Billy Joe, Daniel Jacobs. There's lots of names out there. So Callum said he'll fight anyone and everyone. So, um, yeah, it's a possibility. Just away from Callum and on to another Smith brother then, uh, Liam Smith. We haven't seen Beefy today. You know how Liam, How's Liam doing? Obviously, he's got his newborn as well. Yeah, no, Liam's great. He's been in the gym uh, twice a week, sparring Sam Egerton, um, and then once a week. So he did his last spar with Sam uh, last week. He's in the gym, he's ticking over. And the same with him, it's... It's just waiting for this international ban, this quarantine, being able to talk about him fighting in America, um, fighting opponents out there. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's the same for Liam. It's just like, like Butler, like Callum Johnson. We're just 
I said, we try to move forward with boxing, but with one arm behind our back. But the fighters are in the gym, they're ticking, they're ticking over, they're sparring, they're coming in and doing a sparring session a week, doing a couple of bag sessions a week. They're away from here, they're doing their S&C. Um, so they're still ticking over. No one in this gym has switched totally off. No one, I'll never have that. And uh, Liam, same thing again. He's just wanting to get going. Corner four, I want to touch on before we just touch on a few other things in the boxing world. Uh, Stephen Smith, I've had a few conversations with Stephen and Liam and Callum have both said he's kind of in that place now where he doesn't know what to do. He came back after that horrific ear, ear injury, picked up a few wins and then he goes into lockdown again. So he doesn't know whether to effectively continue with his career or to hang up his gloves. What do you think will be the most likely outcome with Stephen? Do you think we will see him back in the ring? Um, I think we will do. I think Stephen's like... 30-40% of boxers in the country whether they're after lockdown whether they're going to come back to boxing they found other ways of making money they've had to get a job they've got families and children to support peer pressure from the parents to call it a day especially fighters who are on ticket deals promoters aren't interested in them because they don't really have to sell tickets um, so I think Stephen's like many out there it just depends like you say what opportunities are presented on the table but I, I think I would see Stephen Smith back in the ring I don't think that his career's finished yet um, whether that's by the end of this year the beginning of next year we'll just have to wait and see And there, but I, I do think there's a, there's another big fight in Stephen Smith yet and you also mentioned you know, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr they're agreeing to, to face each other later this year just what was your kind of reaction to that Joe we know that We've seen a lot of the legends of the sport back in training, kind of teasing comebacks. And they've come out and said that it's all agreed and they're going to be facing each other. Did you actually think that we would see you know, two past legends of the sport to get back into the ring at the time when we were seeing the videos and what have you flying about over social media? No, I didn't. I know Mike Tyson was, was coming back and I thought it would be an exhibition of such. We've seen in the past Chavez and Jorge Asa Accra having uh, exhibition fights in uh, Mexico and I thought it would be something along the lines, but when you're putting someone of the likes of Mike Tyson <laughs> in a ring, Mike ain't having an exhibition, is it? Mike's mindset, and, I, and that's one thing I, I worry for them. Like Roy Jones hasn't been out of the ring that long. He only fought like up to three years ago, I think. Um, it's Mike reawakening that mindset when he seemed to have got over a lot of issues when he finished and became happy in life and it was in hangover and was just enjoying life and back in and having that mindset to get in and hurt somebody and everything else and uh, it's good to see him but I think it's also sad it's like when we watch Sugar Ray Leonard too long and we've seen Leonard Hearns three I think it was a Leonard Duran three and it's just like oh it's way past it do you know what I mean and uh but Roy Jones Jr., do you know what I mean? Both good talkers of the sport. Um, I just don't want to see any of them get hurt. I just want to, I know it's over eight rounds, whether they've got the, the fitness capability to do eight rounds. Most probably have, but uh, it's so sad to, to, to see people taking unnecessary punishment at that, that age. And I don't want to be ageism like, do you know what I mean? And then you have a Hollyfield um, wanting to do it now and other fighters. And I think. Big John Fury's to blame for it all, really. If we're coming out saying he's the hardest 50-man, 50-odd-year-old man in the world, I think Mike Tyson, Hollerfield, and everyone's seen that. And thought, no, you're not, were you? So uh, that's joking aside, John. Don't be saying coming for me. But uh, do you understand? So it's, it, it is. But saying that, though, it is a fascination. I do feel people will pay. People will tune in. People will watch it. I think there's YouTubers going on it now and the undercard of the event. And it is what it is. But... Uh, it's sad. I don't think not, neither fighters are stuck for money. I just think it's 
something in the system what to get out and now there's talk of Oscar De La Hoya um, wanting to come back and uh, said to be fair throw your name in the mix for that tell Oscar don't do 154 we'll fight you at 160 and uh, yeah like I say Oscar De La Hoya wanting to come back and I don't know it's uh, you can't make sense of uh, 2020 can you it's like the world's gone mad so uh, I seen someone the other day say can we just reset it there seems to be the world's gone mad at the moment, but like I say, it'll be interesting to watch. People say, "Well, you watch it, of course, will watch it." The two great fighters. It'll be. I just don't want to see them get hurt or um, go out, and it'll be remembered that way. We all remember Mike tearing it apart, age twenty-one, coming through, and Roy Jones. And uh, if both fighters could have retired way back then, before they got beat, um, they would have been right up there as pound for pound greats. Just away from that, and I just want to come on to PBC. PBC announced their cards for the coming months ahead uh, just a matter of a couple of weeks ago. Was there any in particular that kind of caught your eye, Joe? We mentioned Charlo and Derevanchenko downstairs. Are there any other fights that PBC announced which in particular you're keen on? That one that you mentioned, I think that's a really good fight. Um, what others did they mention? Uh, Davis and Santa Cruz. Good fight. I just think Javante Davis is um, too big, too strong. I think no disrespect to the Walsh when he fought him. Could see that there. Santa Cruz, I think he's always been known as Al Heyman's like golden child, whether it's a, a big payday for him or whatever, or he's, believe, he, he's matured because Leo's always looked still like a baby no matter what his age, he's physically developed and the fancy, they may have sparred in the past and they now know something that we don't, but that's a good fight as well. So um, it's a good like, lineup of fights um, coming up. But I do like the Devachenko fight. I think that, that's, a, that's a really good fight. And like you say, they're all coming forward. Eddie Hearn with his uh, line-up for the next few weeks. Frank Warren with his. Mick Hennessy. I think the promoters are trying to make the best fights possible out there. And um, it's hard in this climate. And it's hard asking fighters to take pay cuts uh, in, a, in this day and age when um, they're still going in the ring and putting the health on the line, do you know what I mean? It's it's still a, a very dangerous sport. Just a word on Charlo Derevanchenko. What are your thoughts on it, Joe? How do you actually see that fight playing out? Derevanchenko's a very tough fighter. He was offered to Liam Smith. Um, obviously, Liam said, said yeah, Liam would fight anyone, but uh, and he was in the running for the Canelo fight. It's a very tough fighter, but I just think Charlo's got to be on it 100%. He can't slip up. Um, and if he doesn't slip up, I just think I just think he'll, he'll, he'll win it, but it'll be a very tight decision. Final thing, Joe. Uh, Luke Campbell, Ryan Garcia seems to be getting ever closer. Just your thoughts on that one, Joe. If it does get completely confirmed and we have the fight date, what have you announced? Just what, How do you think that fight will play out? I think it's a very good fight. I think Luke Campbell's acquitted himself well in the two fights with Jorge Linares, Lamachenko. Um, Garcia, like they are when they're coming through from that part of the world, very bullish, very full of confidence, has speed, has a nasty, a bit like a Nazim Hamid, he's got that nasty streak to him, nasty snap to him, and uh, I think if he hurts Luke, he won't let him off, he'll throw everything at him in a Kawasaki way, fast hands, but Luke's experience of being in with Linares and Alemachenko and the game plan knowing that he can perform at that level. And I think he can acquit himself really well. He just can't get tagged. If he gets tagged, I think Garcia will be all over him. But I do think Luke Campbell can cause him a lot of problems in this fight. It's a, it's a real good pick and fight. My final, final thing, Joe, I promise you this. I um, saw Anthony Crawler earlier 
And I was watching him, he was just every now and then he'd maybe just throw a jab himself, he'd look in the mirror, maybe like, you know, do a little feint. Just just kind of looking like he's got a little bit of a gleam in his eye. Have you ever looked at him when he's helping you out and thinking, What's going through his mind? He's in here like two, three times a week helping us out and I think it them little things that he gets excited about when he's watching the sparring or it's getting near fight with Tasha, so the whole gym's excited. But he'll be there one minute and he'll be helping the pads. The next minute he's over there doing chin-ups or he'll be over there doing dips. He'll just jump down in the ring and do 30 press-ups. And Anthony's always been in the gym. He's always fit. He always looks after himself, but he knows himself. He, he, he'll never fight again. He knows that he won't fight again, but he likes being around the gym. There's nothing stopping him punching bags, doing chin dips. But he knows himself he'll never fight again. He just likes to keep fit. It's in him, isn't it? So he has them giddy moments, but I'm telling you now, he, he knows that there's no comeback. So I don't have to worry about that. In fact, I know I've said this is your final question and it's be the third time that I'm going to say it now, but I forgot to ask you, Eggins and Cheeseman, obviously we've seen Liam doing some sparring with Sam Eggins in the head of that bout on Saturday night. Just what are your thoughts on it, Joe? How do you expect the bout between Sam Eggington and Ted Cheeseman to play out? Well, if Sam Eggington's been doing what he's been doing up here sparring and taking on board the advice Liam has been giving him and what John Pegg's been telling him, I've been hugely impressed with Sam Eggington. Um, I know people say he's been in the wars, had a lot of hard fights, a lot of miles on the clock for a young fighter. But if he turns up like he has been here, I expect him to beat Ted Cheeseman. Saying that though, Ted Cheeseman, he's got a point to prove. Obviously, he's coming back. It's a good crossroads fight for him. He's got good movement, Ted Cheeseman, can punch. And um, you think to yourself, well, has Cheeseman got to catch Sam Egerton on the way in and hurt him? Or is Sam Egerton going to grind him down like he did with Frankie Gavin and Paulie Malinadje, do you understand? And you've got to look at them performances and they like make you sit up and take heed. Like Sam's more than just what people think he is. To beat someone as skilled as Frankie Gavin and Paulie Malinadje, maybe they weren't the best versions of themselves. It's still a good result. He still went in there, still kept focused. And I think when Sam Egerton is focused and on it, as he has been when we've seen him up here, I think it's a nightmare for anyone, but I think it's a, it's a really good fight. Um, and Sam Egerton has to win well to get the decision. Joe, we will finally leave that there now. I promise I haven't got any more final questions. It's been a pleasure to catch up with you. Obviously, best of luck next week, and I'll speak to you soon once again. Thank you for your time, and thank you for Boxing Social. Cheers, no problem, Andy. Thanks for uh, coming up and seeing us all today.